Hi. Hey, Tara. Hey, Johnny. Welcome back, everyone, to Hollywood Caucus, episode three. This is, this is very cool. So we're recording this on a very political day because not quite as we speak, but in, a, in about a few hours, people are going to go caucus in uh, Iowa, not Hollywood, in Iowa. And uh, I see how you did that. <laughs> that was good. And I think things are going to turn into an interesting level once we know who makes it out of there. It's going to be... Uh, well, we'll have the millennial out here in a little while and see what he has to say about yes, it. Yes, we will. Um, I wanted to talk about something, if we can, for a few seconds. Well, of course we can. Um, so this week, I, I've kind of been trying to stay off uh, social media a little bit because okay. uh, I'm finding it very depressing. And um, this week, somebody posted something, somebody who I respect, she's smart, She's, you know, this is not, this woman is not an idiot by any means. But she posted something and she attributed it to Ron Howard writing it. Okay. Well, I had seen it a few years ago attributed to somebody else. And so I went and I did the research on it. It was written by somebody else who actually at the end of it has, says she copywrote the thing and she said, if you're going to use this, please give me credit, hmm. which I think is so funny. Anyway, so I went on her Facebook page and I stated that this was not, Ron Howard did not write it. Well, that's fine. It brought up something for me, which is we have to be super careful going into the election, the elections, that we are double and triple checking where stuff is coming from. Uh, we want to make sure that it's real, and I know that that seems ridiculous, that you're just going to post something and it'll be fine. It's not fine. Right. We have to be careful. And this was such a, a simple uh, – this had nothing to do – this wasn't saying anything that was misleading or horrible or quoting or anything like that. Mm -hmm. But it just brought up this thing for me, and I thought, God, I wish I – I wish I could say this to a large group of people. I wish I had a platform. Oh, I do. There's a podcast. Yeah, exactly. So that is what I want to say. I want us to be real careful. Republicans, Democrats, Libertarians, whoever, please do your due diligence. If you see something, check the news source. Check the date. Sometimes oh, they post God. things from five years ago. Well, I yeah, love like, when somebody is like, R.I.P. so-and-so. And I like, know. They died five years ago. They've been dead a long time. And their career was dead long before that. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, but I'm serious. I'm like, oh, I know. check everything. I we know. have to. If if other places aren't going to be responsible for it, we have to be responsible for yeah, it. Yeah, and I think social media is going to become more and more brutal as these months yep. pass. And yep. you know, even little things I tweet with a sense of humor, you know, I get accused of, you know, they you know, they tag the FBI on me or something. It's like, no, that was a joke. Yeah. You know. Um, well, much like emails, you can't tell tone most of the time. You can't tell tone. So how, how did this person respond to your comment on her Facebook page? Um. She didn't reply to me. She replied to somebody else that she had heard Ron Howard talking about this on NPR. And I think, quite honestly, he was maybe referring to something else. He okay. did not write this. So I, I – and and this is – yeah. So the point kind of went over this person's head. Yeah. And I'm I'm fine with somebody saying, oops – my mistake. I mm -hmm. but, but you know whoever wrote it, it's fabulous. Which is basically what I said at the end of my thing to her. Right. Which I was like, attribute this to me because it's wonderful, you know. Mm -hmm. But I just want to. This was a very silly example mm -hmm. of something that I do believe 
This happened to me a few years ago with another thing. Well, and the misinformation is such a big part of the campaign. Misinformation is huge um, on both sides. Mm-hmm. And I really want people to just, before you post something, please do your due diligence and check it out. Just the facts, ma'am. Just the facts, sir. So uh, on on that point, we, our guest is um, a very uh, uh, passionate, oh. outspoken, uh, intelligent uh, person on a lot of these topics. She's also not half bad talent-wise. No, she can act and direct. <laughs> she can do everything. Um, so excited to have my dear friend Kira Sedgwick joining us after the break. And we're going to cover the environment, the uh, Me Too movement, and her family life. So That's I, a lot. I know. We're going to talk to her for a little while. So when we come back, we will be uh, chatting with Kira Sedgwick. Be right back. So, Tara. What? Um, you know, we're about to talk to one of my favorite people. Have we started? Yeah. So, <laughs> wake up. You know, I got to work with her, with, with Kira Sedgwick, for four years, and she was my only scene partner. It's more than four years, wasn't it? Me, it was only four. Oh, Kira, okay, we sorry. haven't introduced you yet, I'm so keep back she's off. Not, she's not even here. I'm talking. Oh, she's about, not here. No. It's like she could. I could hear her in my head. But- isn't that weird? I've this, never met her and I hear her in my head. She was my favorite scene partner of my entire life. Um, my good friend, and hopefully Tara soon, mm-hmm. Kira Sedgwick. Hello. Welcome. Yeah, Kira Thank Sedgwick. you. So good to see you. It's good to see you too, always. Uh, so, oh my God, you were just in D.C. protesting with Jane Fonda. Yeah. Tell yeah. us about that. Um, It was... You know, it was really great. It was also really sad um, because we've gotten to such a critical point. And I I knew we were getting here um, because I've been... You've known a long time. Yeah. I mean, from the time I had my first kid, which was 1989, uh, I knew and I got very educated very quickly uh, about what we were doing to the environment. And um, what our addiction to fossil fuel is doing to the environment. And I remember it was sometime in the early 90s when the, the term greenhouse effect became world known. Mm-hmm. Um, and it wasn't before. And what it, it means, what it means, um, which is that we're heating the earth because of fossil fuel. Um, and we're creating this sort of greenhouse effect where we're cooking. And so... Um, I knew what was going on. I felt like we had a moment in the 90s. We definitely did have momentum. Things were happening. And then, and even the, you know, if you, there's a really great podcast called Drilled that all talks about the disinformation campaign that was systematically put into place by the gas and oil companies who had done the research and knew exactly what was going on and were going to make the change and we're going to make some shifts into cleaner fuel and cleaner energy, forget fuel, cleaner energy and off of fossil fuels. And they took a right turn. And then they put tons, billions and billions and billions of dollars into the disinformation campaign and got their noses in Washington, got their fingers in Washington and made it made it impossible for the news, you know, to be really fair and balanced. Right. Um, 
And so, as we know from that movie, Vice, to, to bring it back to Hollywood. But anyway, so it's always great to be a part of the solution, which is talking about it, which is protesting, which is trying to get in the way of businesses that benefit from po- fossil fuel. Um, and that was what our civil disobedience was on that day. Um, we went to BlackRock. We went to Wells Fargo. And then I think it was Chase and, um, you know, tried to storm into the li- into the lobbies and stop business as usual. We definitely disrupted them, but no one was arrested that day. But the thing that's – so it's great to be part of the solution. It's great to be part of the messaging. But – and – We've gone so far down the road. It's scary, and um, I do. I definitely think that that there's work to be done, and we can we can shift. But it is a big shift that has to happen quickly. And to me, um, the most potent and emotional moments were. The young teens who were there Mm. skipping school, it's Fire Drill Friday, right? So they're skipping schools. A lot of them are part of the Sunrise Movement, which is the Greta Thunberg, Mm -hmm. um, but also who are, you know, aware and are out there fighting for their lives. Yeah, they are. This is becoming a recurring theme, though, um, on the show is that the kids are, they are our future. They have to be. Yeah. And they're the only ones who are taking it truly right you know i i know people my age are like it's fine it's just it's It's fine for you no you're gonna be (laughs) you're about to die right you're fine but future generations so these kids are that i am in awe of them yeah and the truth is we're we're not really fine because we're all feeling the effect of, of climate change change every day i i honestly feel like you know to there's part of me, and this is very grandiose, that thought, you know, thinks that if I had quit acting very young when I had my first child and just moved to, you know, dedicate myself to this issue, mm-hmm. that, you know, that, you know, I, 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 things may be different, may have been different, but also I just feel incredible responsibility about not just my children and their future, but all the children and their future. And, and I and sometimes it's so it's downright untenable, and I and I get into a deep despair about sure. it. Sure, have you thought of running for office? Um, remember that one year where it was like Keir Sedgwick, like the closer for president or something. No, like that? remember everyone made pins and everything. Oh my god, Emilio was like pushing oh me god. like crazy. Look, I mean, I definitely, I no, not not seriously, no. No, but I do think that um, you'd be great. Thank you. Well, because you have this passion about this issue, and I think you would make people really deal with it. You know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that you know, and think that you have to have this sort of insanity of thinking like I can make a difference to 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 do something like that. You know, T- teach us how other than the obvious, like recycling and the, the, the right. things that you do on your own. It, the, well, the shift has to happen bigger, right? Yeah. It, well, the thing is about recycling is that you have to not use it in the first place. I mean, when it comes to plastic, it's like we think, first of all, a tiny percentage, like we're talking like 4% of, of the plastic that we use in this, in this country 
and in really all the countries, is getting recycled to anything. Right. To, it is going into the, if you buy a bottle of water, it will be here for your lifetime, your children's lifetime. It will be here longer than the pyramids. It is not breaking down. And it, if it is breaking down, it's breaking down in the ocean to these tiny little microbeads. Ugh, yeah. And they are being ingested by the fish, and then we are ingesting them. Mm-hmm. So we are, we, I mean, we have a lot of plastic in our bodies, which means we have a lot of toxins in our bodies, a lot of chemicals in our bodies. So what we have to do is refuse from the get-go single single serve single use plastics every store every office everyone wants to give you a pl- fucking plastic water bottle yeah, yeah, and it's yeah. poison right. i mean it is poison it'll poison me it'll poison you it's terrible for people it's terrible for babies and it's terrible for the earth but there's a million other things to do i mean i fly a lot I shouldn't fly a lot. I buy carbon offsets. I also have geothermal in my home in Connecticut. I have solar in my home. In well, how could you avoid flying? That's with that, your that was what I was. That's say. really hard. You can't. You can't take a train from LA to New York and be on time. My Twitter followers seem to think that I should not be flying. Wow, really? That's interesting. Oh, yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, I think that you have to draw the line at some point. Oh, no, no, you definitely do. But I mean, there's also lots of other things. Like, I, generally speaking, I try to, you know, when I go shopping, it's really hard to go to the grocery store and not buy plastic, but it's not impossible. No, it's not. Using your dollar, right? Using your money to make a statement about, like, how you want to live and how you want the world to go on without you. Mm-hmm. It really – money talks in this culture. Yep. I mean, if it had – if we had found a way early on, and I'm sure that we did, but the oil and gas companies just put poured too much of their money in for the disinformation and everything, we, we would have had more jobs, more oh, availability, 100%. and – and it would have been better for the earth, yeah. you know? So it's like we hear all this stuff like, but you have to use this and you have to have this. But it's like it's just a lie, all of it. Okay, we're going to take a little break. And when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about acting and directing, okay. all these fun things Kira's doing. We'll be right back. I'm excited. We're back. We are back. And if we, if you don't vote for Kira, I will come out <laughs> to you because I swear to God, I'm going to get her to run. Yeah. Um, Your level of passion and knowledge on this topic is... It's annoying, okay? <laughs> it's just annoying. Oh my God, can you imagine being me in my head and know all this stuff and someone hands it's you... It's too much. Yeah, it's too much. It's a lot. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. It's a lot. It's um, okay. So, look, you're a Golden Globe Emmy winner and... Nominee for a DGA. Uh-huh. Uh, I mean, so you... That was fun. This career yeah. you've had yeah. since you were 16 has been yeah. epic. Yeah. Um, how did you figure out you wanted to be direct as well? Gosh, you know, it's so funny because people would ask me, of course, all the time, and especially on The Closer, and I was like, never. I will never direct. I really? literally said that. Oh, boy, I'll learn my lesson with that one. Don't ever say that. You really thought Wait, you would why never. Would you say, why? I wow. said I'd never because I didn't think I would be good at it. It's really that egotistical. I was like, I won't be gr- – actually, it was worse great. than that. I was like, well, I won't be great, so forget it. <laughs> I okay. mean, it really no, was. No, 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 the no, hubris sister. I is you, something. Yeah. Yeah. What did you think you wouldn't be great at? I the thought technical? I would Yeah. No, not just the technical, but that. I thought I would not be good with ha- telling the story visually. I was like, I'm not a visual person. I'm not a... I don't know how to tell a story visually. I know how to tell it emotionally. But, mm. of course, the truth is, if you know how to tell it emotionally, you know how to tell it 
visually. That's right. Which, which is something that I just didn't know until I knew. And really the truth is is that um, Kevin was really so instrumental in me trying it for the first time. He was really pushy about it. Like downright. Had he directed? Uh, yes, a lot. I okay. mean, and he had directed stuff that I'd produced. Like the first few things that I produced, he directed. I hired him to direct. Um, and... Um, and I was like, oh, he's so good. He's so good. And he's also good at a lot of things. So it's a little daunting to like be married to him, much less, you know, <laughs> take on the mantle of something that he had done already but before me. Let's be honest. But that's he internalized his way that's to, the, to the top. To the top of the <laughs> yes, he did. Chain. Because the first time he directed, he the movie was produced by me. Uh, yeah. And it was my script. Uh huh. Um, no, but, you know, that's internalized misogyny, which we can get to later. Yes, please. Um, but he was like, I mean, I, I I also think I became more and more sort of annoying as time went on because I was like, why did they direct it like that? Why why did, why did they shoot it like that? Why weren't they on her face in that moment? Why did they do this? Why did they do that? And, you know, and also as I have been in more and more movies and especially recently as, as you know, I've watched how things are edited um, and sometimes cut from my performance. I'm like, I just feel so at the mercy. Yeah, you of, are. Yeah, because you, you are. Because you are. They can ruin you. Totally. Yeah. And so, but I also always had a lot of opinions. And he was like, you really need to direct. You have got to direct. And I remember it was the, we toasted on, I don't I think it was 2015 because it was before 2016. Ugh, no one toasted after and that. Nobody, nobody toasts, <laughs> no toasting after that. People and drank he said more, me, yeah. yeah, toasting. A lot. And he said, you know, this is the year you're going to direct. And I was like, yeah, I don't know about that, but whatever. And then what happened was that I'd been trying to make this movie story of a girl for 10 years. I'd bought the rights in 2007 and tried to make it as an independent feature forever. I hired a writer-director. We got really close lots of times. But, of course, it was a story about a girl. So it was hard to make. Um, and it took 10 years. And then when it finally came time to make it, I literally was in the office talking to somebody about it, not planning on talking about that, talking about other things as a producer. And I said, I have this thing and I really want to direct. And I literally like wow. turned around Whoa. behind me and was like, who the fuck just said that? Oh, my God. Yeah. So it was like a moment like that. And they were like, OK, fantastic. Tell us what is it? And so they read it. And I thought and then this. And I said, you know, they said, send it, we'll read it. And I thought, uh-huh, yeah, right. How many times in Hollywood do they say, you know, send it, we'll read it? Right. Well, they read it right away, and they loved it. And they were like, we were, we won't do it for the bigger budget because it's the story of a girl. Right. <laughs> uh, but but we'll bump it down to our lower tier. And um, so I made it. And, and, and honestly, it wasn't until the first day of shooting, not the first day of prep, it wasn't until the first day of shooting that I was – I fell in love with it. I was so I was filled with so much fear and so much self doubt because I'm a girl, mm. um, and mm. all the way through, you know, pre prep and prep, and it wasn't until and I remember Mike Robin, who was our uh, executive producer, producer director on the closer, who I spoke to many different directors before I directed for the first time, who gave their time so beautifully and so generously, and I'll always be so grateful. And he sat down with me for hours um he's so good at that he's so amazing and he said it will be at lunch on your first day that you will know wow. you have this and it was actually he of course he was in my brain the whole time and after the first day first first rehearsal of the first day where i rehearsed it for camera they walked away to get finished in the works and i was like oh i 
totally have this. Oh, of course you did. And I love this. Mm. And I love this. And it, it was like, that was it. I never, I never had a bad day on my first movie. Honestly, I have loved every single minute of directing that I have done, even the hardest, hardest moments. So I've just so, so deeply fallen in love with it. Can you say that about acting? That was my question. Can you say that about acting? Not now. Mm. Not right now. I mean, I did when I was doing The Closer. I honestly think that was the freest and the best I felt um, because I think I was so, I was do, I was clearly, you know, heading it up. Yeah. You know, I was the leader, which I love being in that position. It means a lot to me for many different reasons. Um, and I felt like it was my set. And it was my place to play. And it was my place to to thrive and feel free and feel supported and support others. And it was this sort of symbiotic, beautiful kind of thing where I fell in love with the acting and I fell in love with the other actors and I fell in love with the scenes and I fell in love with like – because I had such deep – um, I had connection to the material, but I also had so much skin in the game, mm. you know. And I and I felt so devotional to the whole thing that it uh, that it wasn't like I was, and I was in in service of something that was bigger than me. Um, and that's what I feel about directing. But I haven't felt that way about acting in a long time. I haven't felt the kind of freedom and the kind of love that I that I felt when I first started. I mean, I started when I was 12. I did a play, you know, high, an elementary school play. I played Seidel and Fiddler on the Roof. And the love and the freedom and the joy and the abandon mm-hmm. that I had became very, you know, it, 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 it got stifled because at 16 I was professional. Right. And, you know, then it mattered and then it meant something. And then you had to be good at it. And then you had to get it's good at it, hired again. Mm. And then you had to, you know, and all this stuff. And it's like it just it just got in the way of the pure joy of it. And, you know, also my anyway. So so it's been a while since mm. I felt that way acting wise. But I'm ready to dive back in. Whereas like for four years, I was just like, I'm completely uninterested. Right. Like I really just want to take a break. You know, maybe it wasn't that long, but felt like four. Maybe it was only three years. But now I understand honestly, and it's a little calculating, that the more power you have as an actor, the more power you'll have as a director. Sure. Which I hate is true. Mm. I hate that that's true. Um, but I'm convinced of it now. Absolutely. Yeah. Wow. So have you acted while directing? I mean, have you? I, I haven't done it by myself. But you know, it's funny, actually, when I was doing uh, City on a Hill, that's that Showtime show that Kevin's in. Kathy Moriarty um, had done half the scene and then had to go home. And uh, I wanted to do the coverage on the on the girl. And I asked her if she, she was okay with that. I call her girl because she was probably 30. And she was lovely. And she said, okay. And I said, I'll lie down in the bed and I'll do the lines. And I did a pretty good imitation of Kathy, I must say. But my point being that, like, as I was sitting there doing it and, you know, trying to stay, like, literally off camera, like, not even mm-hmm. put my arm in or anything like that. I thought, this is fun. I could do this. Mm-hmm. I think I could do this. Yeah. yeah. So I actually think that that might be the key to the freedom piece of it mm-hmm. because I have more power. And there's something about, and I know it sounds very kind of gross, that word power, but I don't. No, it doesn't. Okay, good. Not like, at all. But, but, but because I know I'm in charge and I know that my, 
I only want to serve the piece. I only want to serve the scene and I only want to serve the other actors that I really trust that I will have more freedom and fun sure. as an actor if I'm directing myself. Right. So I'm sort of hoping that this is going to be the magical secret sauce. Yeah. I am so glad you're directing. <laughs> no, because we need we need more yes. female directors who, who feel that you do, who don't feel like they have to do... Oh, I'm going to get in trouble for saying this, but kind of a, uh, you know, I'm in the boys club version right. of it. Right. right. We, need, we need female directors because of the empathy and because of the, yes. there's just such an openness. Yes. You know, that you don't, uh, not all male directors, that is, we've got some brilliant ones out there. But for the most part, I think that, so thank you for doing that. Yes. Oh my God, I love it so much. And when we come back, we are going to talk to Kira about the Time's Up movement. Kira, yes. The Time's Up movement. Time's Up. Hollywood and and, and the Me Too motherfucker. Yeah. Did you have bad experiences as an actor? Yeah, I did. It's so funny because I was like, I thought I'd remembered them all, and Mm. then when the stories kind of started coming out, I was like, Oh right, there was that. Oh, that was fucked up. That was really fucked up. Oh my god, I was totally in a hotel room, not with Harvey. There was this director, <laughs> I was very young, it was this director who I had like done a movie with that nobody saw in like Poland and Hungary and you know I was 18 or 19 and he called me up to his room to have lunch with him and he totally jumped my bones in the, uh, oh my God. In the and she stuffed his tongue down my throat oh, and like threw God. me on the bed and I was like, I mean he didn't throw me on the bed but he pushed me down on the bed and I was like, no! And I just got the fuck, I was like, oh my God, no! And I just got the fuck out immediately right. but, but I should never have been put in that situation. No. Like that never should have happened. But I remember at the time I was totally shook because, of course, I loved him, and I was like, in "That's the, depressing." And I was like, I thought of him like a like a mentor because he was, and like the greatest. And he was married, and I knew his wife, oh and I was God. just like, you know, it, it was horrible. And then there was somebody else who very much is known and like known as being like, you know, people love this guy and. And he was a friend of my stepfather's, and he took me out to dinner and then tried to, you know, like, force me to go home with him, and I literally had to grab the steering wheel. I mean, I can't believe the balls I had. I mean, I got to say, I didn't have all – there were many times I didn't have balls, but this night I had some major ones. I literally – he was trying – he was going straight on Highland to go straight on uh, – past Franklin to the 101. And I knew that if we'd gone straight, we would have been on the freeway. And he was like, just come to my my uh, my house and we'll sit, hold hands by the fire. And I was like, that sounds horrible. <laughs> he was like in his 40s, late 40s. I was 19. And, and I went, no, no. I don't, you know, being nice and, you know, a girl and, you know, well brought up. And no, no, no. Plus he had come to our Christmas parties, which oh, is so gross. like hilarious. Yeah. And I was like, no, I don't think so. I don't think so. And, and my, my apartment was on the right on if on Grace and Franklin and and I and I realized and I realized we were heading for the freeway and I leaned over and I turned the wheel what I turned the steering wheel and I said no my house is this way and then I was still being polite so he did so when he when he parked the car 
to let me out, he kept trying to say something. And then I was like, no, thank you so much. And he grabbed me and he stuck his tongue down my oh. throat. And he put his hand down my pants wow. on my butt. And like, I just pushed him away and ran out. Wow. But it was horrible. It was so horrible. And it's really interesting <laughs> how we bury all this shit. Oh, That's my God. Because, exactly, yeah, yeah. you know, during the totally. Kavanaugh hearing, I had a ton of flashbacks oh. of sexual abuse oh I experienced my in, my, in my young in my early 20s. Oh, my God. So it happens, and I think we bury it, you know? How awful was that? Mm. How awful was that for girls to watch that? Brutal. And young boys, and yes. they were. I got very- High school I got people, kids. Triggered, yeah. Male, female, mm-hmm. every woman yep. I know, and clearly yep. all, every man too, if you had it too. It was were very, like, that hearing was very triggering for it me. Was it was so sickening. It was yeah. disgusting, yeah. and I'm just dying to know if, if she is- Sorry she did it at this point. Uh, I don't know that she's sorry she did it, but I think it did change her life totally. dramatically. So well, It's um, a good reminder that we need to keep telling these people how grateful we are to them. Yes, You know, and not just letting it right, go because exactly it's three months that, later. Right, and, exactly. Yeah. That she really did a great service, yeah. even though... It wasn't the outcome she was no, looking for. It we wasn't the outcome for. any of us were looking no, for. No, no, but it, it laid bare yeah. things that needed to come yeah. up. And let's hope some assholes lose their seats over it, you know, yeah. like Susan Collins in Maine. Yes. Who pretended to be, you know, pro-women's rights mm-hmm. and then voted for him. I think there's so much internalized misogyny. I think let's, it's hardcore, man. Let's you talk mentioned about that a couple that. of times, yeah. You know, I, I want to talk about Amy Klobuchar. Go for it. And the fact that she really had a moment there and she completely let him off the hook. I agree. Sickening. Matter of fact. That made me so angry. I thought she had him on the hook. She did. And I was super excited. She had him on the hook. And she let him off the hook. Yes. Because I think she talked about having an alcoholic father. Right. And she talked about the fact that. I think it's really hard to have an alcoholic father. I I have a lot of compassion for that. Mm -hmm. And I think that it's really hard to stand up to a man, period, and possibly more so for her. And I think that she did have him on the hook. And then she went and he was like, well, uh, do you like drinking? Do you? Do you? Do you? And she was like, so you're she gave him the answer. So you're saying you're not. So you're saying you're you're not an alcoholic. She gave him the answer. Right. And and it made and I was apoplectic, honestly. Yeah. And and I know that he's the one to be blamed and I don't need to be blaming the woman in the room right. because the truth is like there was so much sickness and all he had to do was start raging and suddenly look scary and then everyone grew grew a pair, mm-hmm. including Lindsey Graham, right. which is hard to do. Right. And when you um, don't have a pair to grow. Exactly. <laughs> and you've given them away so many times. Right. <laughs> and you know you know I have an interesting story about Lindsey Graham. But anyway, and then she, but but she had him. She had him in a moment and I think it is our feeling of like we don't want to as women, we don't want to be too powerful. We don't mm-hmm. want to be too you know, I understand she's a politician too, but it's also a little bit of like, hey, you know, uh, oops, that was a little too much. Too oops, hot. I don't want to seem mm-hmm. right. I don't want to seem too powerful. Oops, you know, and and it just it just really upsets me, mm-hmm. and 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 it also upsets me that in the debate she's like, I'm the only one that stood up. It's like, no, you didn't. No, you yeah, didn't. I, and in fact, you did a terrible thing. You let him off the hook. I 100 so percent agree. Upsetting. That was a very upsetting moment because I thought she was heading. I was so excited. I know she was strong and smart. 
And she should she should have said, "You're I'm not the one answering questions. You are." I know. <laughs> We're hiring you. You know that's an interesting point, though, and I think we've seen that so many times, especially in the debates and stuff like that. That you see women start coming into their power right. in these beautiful kind of moments, and then it's like you go, "Wait, what? What just happened?" Right. And it's like it's Boy, dropped. I can really relate to that, I gotta say. When I Warren really apologized for being too, whatever she did in that last debate, she was like, I know. They, they, they gave him a choice apologize to someone uh, on the stage for something you may have done. Right. Or I didn't watch last debate. Or give them a gift. It was one or the other. All the men gave gifts. One, one, guy, uh, was like, <laughs> one guy was like, I'm gonna give my book. You know? <laughs> oh my God, I want to read my book. It was very egotistical. And, and, and Warren said something like, I apologize. I think I'm a bit much sometimes. Like, she totally minished. Oh, no. no. Yeah. It's like, that's yeah, what yeah, we don't yeah. want you to be no. doing. But she you was know, like, I know I can be much because I'm passionate. But, you know, and I was gotta like, be no. so, It's got to be so hard, though, the need, the needle you have to thread. I mean, I know it is for me. I, and I think, especially after Hillary, it's such a hard needle to thread with women right now in mm-hmm. politics and how much we're, what, who are we supposed to be? I mean, she tried to twist herself into a million different knots and lost herself in the process right. I felt like I mean I felt like the person that I I don't know and it's just oh god men just have an easier birth they just they they can fail upwards constantly they yeah. do they okay. fail upwards constantly and and even with women directors yeah. you know they've got one flop and that's it and they're screwed right but men can fail consistently oh, consistently and they get bigger and bigger budgets. i know so it's kind of like it's amazing mm, or bigger and bigger bigger and bigger i've watched i'm not going to name names people executives yeah in our industry yeah who have honestly sucked at running a network who have failed up to running bigger networks Ooh. and you just go i don't understand how that happened no and it would a, never happen with a woman no yeah never yeah. We are going to take a little break yeah. and come back and reset on another topic. Of course, we might be off the air because Johnny had to go on that whole rant about people failing upwards and he's not naming names. So who are the names? <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you during the we'll break. We'll be back. So we're back with Kira Sedgwick. Um, so she's an, your, your daughter's an actress. Yes. Uh, were you freaked out when she told us she yes. was? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Tell me no, I it. want you to think about that for a second. <laughs> well, you know, of course, the funny thing is, is that we told her because I had started work so young professionally at 16 and really wish that honestly I had been more formed as a as a human with with some identity that wasn't so completely tied to what job I I was doing, mm. you know, Um I don't know that you get that in the two years between 16 and 18, but maybe. A little. Um, yeah, a little. Exactly. Um, I We were very clear about the kids not doing anything professional, of course, unless it served us. So when, um, <laughs> Like in your project. So, right? yeah, yeah, in my project, yeah. So the movie I produced, um, the first movie I produced um, was um, – Actually, losing Chase, she wasn't in that. But then I was in, I produced something called Lover Boy that Kevin also directed, and we needed a young Kira, and so we asked her to do it, and she fitted into her schedule. She was like, "Well, how much school am I going to miss exactly?" Anyway, so after she did a couple of days of work, she and then also was um, also was uh, hired by James Duff uh, behind my back. Um, was that behind your to, back? Yeah, he did because he knew I didn't really want her to be an actress. That's so um, tishy. So initially, <laughs> she she didn't think she wanted to, and it wasn't really until she was twenty two when she had gone into her second year of college where she went, 
wait a minute, I think I want to act and then and then I and I don't want to go to college anymore. So it really wasn't she really didn't start, maybe it was twenty one. Um, but we thought we had gotten off. You know, we thought we'd had have one kid who wasn't right. in the arts. You know, she was intellectual, she had gone to like very good schools and we were like, Okay, so good. We've got somebody who's not in this crazy business. But so when she said she really wanted to do it, I mean it was scary. I mean, and I think it continues to be. It's the same thing I say about being married to an actor, and that is that you you just there's no ob- objectivity. It's also subjective because because they're in the same business. It's the devil you know. It's 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 you know you you are always projecting how you would feel if you were out of work, how you would feel if you didn't get that job, how you would feel if you had a flop, and so I can't you know be objective and loving on the outside and go, oh, it's one movie or, right. oh, it's one job or, oh, it's going to be fine or, oh, I love you and I believe in you, whatever. I mean, I do all those things mm-hmm. and I do believe in all those things, but it's also like you just, it's it's scary because it's, because it's the same scares that you know and mm-hmm. so you project all this shit onto them, mm-hmm. you know? So it's, I find it challenging to be married to an actor for that reason and yet, the great thing that's being being married to an actor and to have a daughter in it is that we have a lot to talk about. I know? mean, your house must be just like an arts commune. Yeah, we talk <laughs> about, right, we talk about things all the time and also we talk about our process right. and we talk about like, what it's like to work with this director. She just worked with Dad, Gavin O'Connor and I was like, oh my God, what was that like? And mm-hmm. he had a whole process and I was like, I'll be stealing that, right, you know? And right. it was like amazing, you know? That's and she's fabulous. working with all these great people or whatever, or even if she has a bad situation, it's like, wow, that's so interesting. Oh yeah, I know, I felt that way too, and blah, 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 and we can bond on it. But yeah. So it's it's both and. Yeah, totally. I love it. Uh, your son's not an actor though. No, Travis is a musician, right. and he's got- Oh, thank God. Uh, yeah, <laughs> thank God, something Something steady. stable. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> but he is a composer also. He did the music for my movie, he did the music for right. my short that went to Sundance. He's very talented in that area. He did, actually did the music for something else, so he's for a podcast, so he's really, he's thriving in that area too, but he's mostly, you know, wants to like be a rock star. Don't we all? Well, we're going to segue into a little fun section before we close out. Okay. It's a little game we like to play. Oh, goody. It's a green hat. What's it called? You don't know? No, I, I, want, I want to hear you say it. Little did you know. Little did you know. Little did like, you know. It's like a rapper name. Is this about all about me? These are all about me, right? Yeah. You're going to pull up. I'm joking. Oh. Are you serious? Yeah. You're going to answer no. a question. Quotes, you know. quotes that I did. No. Great quotes yes. of mine. Yes. Qu- <laughs> oh, wait. We didn't do what the Kira, greatest. Kira, we like to do one thing with all of our guests where okay. we share what they have in common with me. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Are you ready? Yes. That's a new one. Both of our ancestors signed the Declaration of Independence. Hells yeah. <laughs> waspy, waspy. Isn't that crazy? Well, Mine was the only Irish Catholic. Oh, my God. I love it. Hello. Isn't that crazy? Hello. Wow. What's your last name? Carcian, which is Armenian. And there wow. were no Armenians. No. Uh, Charles Carroll of Carrollton. Oh, wow. Yeah. Carrollton where? Carrollton in Maryland, I guess. Oh, wow. Amazing. I don't know. Someone's going to. I don't even me. remember the Sedgwick that signed it. Isn't that pathetic? Anyway, Freddie Sedgwick. <laughs> Freddie. <laughs> it could be. You never know. <laughs> All right, you ready? Yeah. The democracy's on your shoulders, Cedric. I know, right? <laughs> you have a long lineage of saving us, so we all. So you pull some... one out, you read it, and you just answer it however you want. Okay. To. However? Yeah. Like with an accent. However. If you had a get out of jail free card, what crime would you commit? Ooh. 
Stealing from the rich and giving to the poor. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. I like it. So Robin Hood. I would like to hack so that it would really hurt them financially. Mm-hmm. Uh, BlackRock. Oh. Oh. Fin- yeah. Tell, tell Those us. Those people have $710 billion in the fossil fuel industry. Wait, what? $710 billion in the soft fossil fuel. Is it a hedge fund? Is that what they are? BlackRock? Honestly, I don't okay. really know. Okay. I think that sounds right. Mm-hmm. I don't know. They're a financial, a large financial institution. That was where we were doing our civil disobedience and we weren't able to get in. Right. And, you know, it's like you think to yourself, like, the guy who runs it is Larry Fink. Hmm. No. Yes. You can't write that shit. You can't write it. Wow. Anyway, they asked him once, like, what do you think about, you know, you know, what do you think about climate change? What do you think about the fossil fuel industry and how it's contributing to to climate change, and he was like, look, my bottom line is to my shareholders, not to the planet. Wow. Or something just like that. BlackRock is a global investment manager. There you go. Our founding mission was to start a company that thought differently about managing risk to be better for our clients. Risk. Yes, it's all about, about, yeah, Mm -hmm. it's all about, it's all about the clients. It's all all about about money, money, but everything's all about money. Right. And that's why, that's where the environmental movement went wrong, in my opinion, sadly, is that we didn't get that. Right. We should have gotten that early on, and we came late to that party, and by then it was, like, there was a way to make money, but they got in there first. They got in there with the misinformation, it's going to cost jobs, it's going to do this, it's going to do that. They made it a political, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm-hmm. You know, the the fossil fuel industry managed to, and people who benefit from it, managed to turn the conversation into a political one when it never should have been. Right. Yeah. Or the or the financial argument that it, the money it's going to, the climate change will cost. Right, exactly. You know, meanwhile, entire it, cities probably. Meanwhile, you know. it'll cost us so much more oh. in healthcare. It already does. And in blah, 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 All blah, blah. All of it, yeah. Hurricanes, you name oh, it. Yeah. 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 Well, here's hoping the next time we... Talk. Yes. We have some amazing things to report. Yes. Like we won the Senate and he's out of the White House. Right, exactly. <laughs> well, I think swingleft.org is a really great organization. And the reason why I think they're a great organization is because you can plug in your zip code and they can tell you, give you actionable things to do on a daily basis. I have done I a love lot. Them. I've done a lot with them. I've thrown parties for them. I've done videos for them. I did a letter writing campaign where I invited a bunch of people over to my house and did some letter mm-hmm. writing for. Virginia, which we actually won that seat. They help um, flip a lot. They they help yeah. flip a lot. They they really. I mean, I got involved in 2018, and I'm very involved in 2020. So I think that's a really great because people are like, "What the fuck do I do?" That's a really great place to go. You can give money if you want, but you can also volunteer and learn how to volunteer. That's so that's great. amazing and totally being part of the solution. And RDC is being part of the solution. The Natural Resources Defense Council getting educated on plastic is a really great idea. Um, Plastic Pollutes is also another organization that I'm involved with. It'll really break it down for you, so to speak. And also, let's see, my Ray Donovan is number seven. Um, (laughs) I did uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, also all directing. Um, And what else? I did City on a Hill. And these are all dropping. But that's already been out. And number seven. Oh, I don't remember. I think it was number seven. Yeah, both number seven. Anyway, yeah, great things. That's it. Wonderful. Good things. I'm grateful to be here, and um, thank you so much. Thank you so much for being much here. Much love to you. Thank, thank you. you. This was fun. Really fun. Yeah. Love you. Thank, thank you for you. everything love you do. Love you too. Love you too.
Okay, we're back. Yes, we are. uh, Gracing our little booth today is the millennial, Josh. Hey, guys. How's it going? Great. Uh, Today's the Iowa caucus. Yeah, don't remind me. uh, Okay, I thought you said today's the hour of caucus. (laughs) The Iowa caucus. Um, So by the time people listen to this, we will have known some big results. Yeah, they know more than we do. What's your gut telling you? Uh, uh, I think, I mean, polling shows Bernie's going to do well. Um, I kind of think Warren might outperform also because she's reportedly had a pretty good ground game out there. Um, I don't know. I worry about some like the viability threshold. Like if Warren's just under and Pete is just over, then that's going to draw votes away from Biden. Right. But if Warren's just over the 15 percent threshold in a lot of places and. And you know Klobuchar and Buttigieg are under. That could boost Biden. So there's a lot of weird little. Variables so what happens in play. If tomorrow morning? Bernie's not placed first or second for you. Uh, I mean, depending on who is first and second, that could matter quite a bit. But um, we'll see. Yeah. Thank you for being here, and thank you. I don't know why I'm why thanking, you thanking you me. For thank being you, Johnny. <laughs> thank you, Johnny. Oh, you're welcome. Wait a minute. Why welcome. are you thanking him and not thanking me? Well, you thanked him. If he did thank you, I'd have thanked you too. Jesus. Let's thank our amazing guest today, Kira Sedgwick. Oh my God, that was. I mean, I'm I've... gonna go home and just <laughs> get rid of all the plastic. Oh my God, me too. I feel so guilty. Um, and uh, uh, we've got another incredible guest next week. Yes. Um, what we would love to have you do is subscribe to the podcast. Rate, what else? Review. Rate and review. And tell your friends about us. Please do. That would be great. Yeah. And we will see you next week for another Hollywood caucus. They actually you won't actually see them, but okay. Wow. Really? Well it to be literal, unless you're some weirdo that can see You're through. literally annoying me. I love you. Love you. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>